Siemens Energy cannot decarbonize the world by ourselves, right? We, uh, we need our customers, we need society to drive certain behaviors, to drive certain consumer trends so that it will become the viable economic business model for the future. You are listening to the Siemens Energy Podcast Series. The energy sector is undergoing an unprecedented transformation, presenting both challenges and opportunities. The demand for energy is increasing worldwide. And at the same time, we must combat the effects of climate change and reduce CO2 emissions. On each episode, we bring you conversations with some of the world's cutting-edge thought leaders in energy and related subjects. Our goal is to help you understand energy, the challenges we face today, and what the future holds. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources. Now, here's your moderator, Amy Pemple. Today's guest on the Siemens Energy Podcast is Manuel Haraz, who is a future energy leader and sales manager at Siemens Energy. While the current energy leadership is decades older than Manuel, in this episode, he shares his optimism for the world and industry that his generation will inherit in future years. Manuel speaks on the pace of change in the industry and what he sees as the biggest roadblocks to the energy transition. Can you start by sharing your name and title? Of course. Uh, Manuel Horais. I'm a sales manager for Siemens Energy Products in the Americas, and I'm also the sustainability officer for the Americas for my sales group. Perfect. And so actually, to start off, leave you here because you're a future energy leader from Siemens. What exactly does that mean? That's a, that's a great point. I, I think uh, us, the newer generation, we all have a responsibility to play a big role in the future of energy. I think uh, what it means to me to be a future leader of energy is we have so many different challenges, some of them directly related to the energy industry, some of them are more social impact or otherwise. And at the end of the day, somebody has to pick up the baton and lead the charge in not only how the energy industry evolves, but also how we evolve as a company to become more socially aware, uh, more climate uh, oriented, and continue to be stewards of clean energy, affordable energy for our customers and for ultimately the consumers. So it's uh, frankly, it's a huge responsibility for me, obviously being branded as a future energy leader it's it's a heavy burden that I take with uh, with a lot of uh, a pride, and I look forward to see what I can bring. Right now, we're seeing so many different topics that are sort of hitting us at the same time. You know, you talk about climate change. Uh, right now, we're going through the conflict in Ukraine, oil prices through the roof. Now, all of a sudden, people are talking about renewables as being the solution. the The one key message is this is continuing to evolve. And the answer we're not going to have for the foreseeable future, uh, the definitive answer, I think it's going to be a process. And so I think that process is going to be so lengthy that that's why it's important to have a clearer understanding of what a future energy leader will need to evolve into to take the company and take society through that transition uh, time. That's great, then. And so, you know, as a future energy leader, you know, you have a lot of older generations that are setting these carbon reduction goals or these targets. Um, but as a younger leader who's going to have to implement against these, how do you feel about these targets and goals? I think the, the targets have been uh, framed in a context that it's achievable. Now, bear in mind, they're very aggressive. 
And I think that the, the key that I see is everybody is focusing on net zero by 2050, which seems pretty far away, 20 years, uh, more than 20 years from where we are now. Uh, but I think it's important to start off with a very strong momentum in getting there. I don't think it's uh, achievable unless we start acting immediately. And so frankly, what I'm sensing from the conference, but also from the industry in general, is that all companies are developing their 2030 plans. Even, even we have a 2023 plan, right? And it was, it was uh, just publicized in 2020, late 2020 at that. So I think it's, we're doing particularly well in the sense that we're setting long-term and short-term goals that are obviously important steps to reach the ultimate goal of net zero. The transition from the older generation, I, I think you brought up a good point in the fact that most of them will retire before we reach the year 2050. Uh, and we're going to inherit whichever situation we're in at that point. But I think our leaders, and here I'm speaking for for, for Siemens Energy particularly, I think we've made very well-educated decisions, not to say they won't be challenging, but at least I think we understand the challenge that's behind. And I think we are preparing ourselves for that next step as, as it gets more and more challenging as we go on. I think the older generation uh, and our current leaders are doing a, an excellent job in preparing the younger generation for when we will have to take over. That's great. So what are some of the biggest barriers or obstacles that you see from accomplishing these goals? They can come in from anywhere, to be frank. If, if uh, I've learned anything in the, in the last uh, three years is, you know, we can go through a pandemic that, you know, puts the world upside down. And now we have a war that's just developed over the last few weeks. And, and I'm sure we'll go through some of these cycles again in the foreseeable future. So it's, I think uh, the point here is we need to believe in what we need to do and adapt to what happens outside of what we can control. So for us, what it means is regardless of what happens outside, we still have to do so many things that are under our control. And just as an example, we still need to evolve our technology to reduce emissions, to burn hydrogen to contribute to more sustainable energy, even if that is in the field of fossil fuels. So I think the mantra, I think our purpose is clear, it's well-defined. Uh, it will continue to evolve, but I think we are setting the sights on what it is that's within our control that we need to continue to develop in terms of technologies, in terms of business models, so that we can do our part, regardless of what happens in society. That's great. And so another thing that, you know, the theme of this conference is um, the pace of change. And the question is, do you believe that, you know, where the industry is moving fast enough right now? I don't think we're moving fast enough right now, but I think we're moving as fast as we possibly can. And the reason is some of these topics are new. They're, they lack infrastructure. And I think we can talk about that a little bit later as well. But currently the, the, the infrastructure for energy is set around fossil fuels. You can't just change that overnight. So it will require a process. And it's a pretty, uh, pretty big process at that, that involves many different parties. So not one company, person, government is in control of that. 
so that's why it's it's a whole process in itself to have these hundred year old companies the oil companies the energy companies ourselves that we need to adapt to slightly different set of goals so I think what's positive that I take from not just this conference, but overall the last few weeks and months and maybe even a couple of years is I have certainly noticed the change in the mentality and the drive from some of these companies to focus on ways to drive sustainability also from an economic perspective, right? It's not just throwing money at it. We have to find a way to grow economically as well as maintain sustainability in the climate uh, aspect of it. So I am noticing, you know, so many customers are creating or putting in place their low carbon teams. They're very involved. And I think what's been great is uh, these customers are even seeking out to people like us, to Siemens Energy, looking for ideas, looking for portfolio that fits what they want to accomplish that they may not even be aware of yet. So for, we have to understand it's a transition from, for everybody. Everybody's learning as they go, uh, ourselves included. And we just have to continue the conversation and eventually we'll find the right way to connect the dots uh, for the benefit of everybody else. So we're not moving at a very fast pace yet, but we're moving as fast as we can and we will get there soon enough. Another follow-up question on that would be, um... I guess at this point, uh, do you feel that everyone is moving in the same direction, starting to work together, or do you still feel that there is kind of a challenge in the industry? Just are people still opposing climate change or is it very well like accepted and the whole industry is not working toward this? That's a great point. I definitely sense that we have got over the argument of climate change. Is it real? Is it not? And right now we're having a much more constructive and productive conversation, which is how do we improve and reduce the carbon footprint in general? And so that can be scope one, scope two, scope three, all of the above. Uh, I, I think what I'm getting out of this conference the most, and even from interactions with, with customers as well, is everybody's driving to implement these changes. And so they're much more approachable they will share more because ultimately they're just looking for the best way to, to achieve the goals faster. And so they understand, you know, there's a sense of, sense of urgency from everyone I talk to that, you know, we started this team two months ago and I'm already late to what my goals are. And so, it, you know, it becomes a, you can sense it, you can sense the urge to collaborate and I think it's driving everybody to very good progress. So definitely the argument period of climate change, I think is behind us. And we're now looking forward in the same direction and everybody's got their own niche that they'll need to find. What is the best way that they can contribute to a net zero future that's within their means, that's within their business model, that's within their, the, the company they work for. That's great. And so another kind of uncomfortable truth is that really we, we can't do this alone. And so what would be your viewpoint on that? Yeah, that uncomfortable truth is definitely my favorite. We can't do it alone. And uh, different companies, different people have uh, 
I guess, uh, communicated that in a different way that, you know, we all need to act. And regardless how we put it, the message is clear, is Siemens Energy cannot decarbonize the world by ourselves, right? We, uh, we need our customers, we need society to drive certain behaviors, to drive certain consumer trends so that it will become the viable economic business model for the future. That's really the only way that this works, right? We have a responsibility to our shareholders, same as other companies do. And so for me, like I said before, I'm really noticing a change in how we work with other companies, with customers, with suppliers even, in that we are more open to share what is of concern to us, whether it's sustainability, whether it's midterm, long-term, short-term, whether it's technology-specific items that we think are in need of evolution, even inside, where do we spend our research and development money is, is a, a great deal of a conversation as of now because there are different things that we could do. And at the end of the day, we need to be very, very focused to achieve our goals. So definitely we cannot do it alone uh, and, and that's for everyone. So I think particularly governments, both in Europe and the US are taking steps, whether it's carbon tax, whether it's incentives for different industries, hydrogen, carbon capture. I, I think the message is at the end that we are at this point in time, we are the group of people in society that have to go through this change. And I think COVID has prepared us well to go through unexpected you know, things in life. And we've been strong enough to put up with it and we've been strong enough to change behaviors because we know it's, it's for the betterment of all of us. And so I think it's important that we continue to keep that in mind, that this is only achievable if we work together, each one bringing what they can, what they're best at doing. And I, I have no doubt we will get there uh, probably even sooner than we needed to. So you mentioned your dual residence in the U.S. and Spain. Correct. And as I was just recently in Spain. Energy prices are a major concern there. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, curious your thoughts specifically on the, the Spanish market over there. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be totally frank. I don't know enough to speak intelligently, perhaps. But uh, to, to echo the message, yes, um, energy prices in Europe are through the roof. Uh, in Spain, I know it's 500 euros per kilowatt hour, per megawatt hour, sorry, which is roughly 10 times-ish what we have here in the US. So on the one hand, it makes me realize, one, how fortunate we are here in the US that we have access to affordable power, affordable energy. On the other hand, it makes me wonder, you know, if I, every time I visit my parents and there's uh, a couple families in a household, you know, you turn on the oven, you turn on the dryer and, and you know, the, the circuit uh, doesn't blow up, but I mean, you lose power because you tripped the breaker. And so, you know, that's not so much power. Uh, here in the US, I mean, at my house, that never happens because we have plenty of it. Right. It's not regulated, but it makes me think in terms of, you know, we could do better if, if we're looking to drive change, even on a personal level. There are little habits, little things that everyone can do to drive consumption down because we don't know what may come tomorrow. Right. And we've experienced that in the, in the past couple of weeks where oil has gone 
I think 125 is where it was this morning. Uh, so if that happens, we have to change our habits. It's not sustainable. We can't afford to continue spending energy the way we are today. And so I think there's, we could borrow a chapter or two from, from different cultures, different places, uh, Europe being one of them, uh, you know, where it's lower energy per capita than the U.S. Pretty much every country in the world is lower energy per capita than the U.S. And so I do believe that there's things, there are lessons to be taken from this, that just because it's happening to somebody else doesn't mean it couldn't happen to you tomorrow. And I'm not even talking about security, hopefully, but even, you know, something we take for granted, such as, you know, low cost of energy. Oil, I mean, if you go to the gas station, it uh, used to be less than $3. It's uh, around $4 now. So, you know, it's, it's a major impact. And uh, people may complain, but at the end of the day, well, what are they doing on their part? You know, if they're still driving the same V8s that are still consuming the same amount of gas, you know, it's, it's within your means to do better. So I think that's kind of how I'm looking into things now. I'm sort of trying to look into the mirror and see how much am I a part of the problem or the solution kind of thing. Going through COVID, I'm sure I'm not alone in that I developed unhealthy habits of eating, drinking, lack of exercise, you know, relaxing the mind after a, a day's work within the house. These are all important things. And I think we've all learned from that. And so I think self-assessment has to take place. It's, we can't continue to ask for the government, for companies to solve the problem for us. Some of these quote unquote problems or, or issues that we'd like to see get better, they're to a pretty good extent within our means. And so I think that's an area where society as a whole is starting to do more. After COVID, I think it, it has sort of awakened that, that sense of urgency to, to care for ourselves and what we do. And so I think that's going to be important, at least for me, going forward. Perfect. And the um, question would be, what is something that you believe about energy that others would disagree with? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a very agreeable person. <laughs> You know, I think I think the problem is uh, there. There's a lot of lack of education in energy, and it's not that some people are right and some people are wrong. It's just that everybody has their own perspective. So the oil and gas industry, particularly, has been demonized for a very long time, and perhaps so rightfully. Um, particularly in the environment, there has been sufficient experience to dictate that that industry hasn't always looked for you know, keeping ecosystems and, and being sustainable. But rest assured, that's all changing now. Uh, now, the motives for that can be argued, but I think it's clear that now the oil and gas industry or the energy sector, the energy sector and the energy industry as a whole, has the highest level of, of interest in getting to a sustainable future because otherwise their shareholders will leave them and go elsewhere. At the end of the day, you know, all companies look to be profitable. 
and investors like to be profitable as well with those companies. If these companies cannot find a way to be profitable in the energy business while being sustainable, those companies will disappear. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and it's clear, you know, anywhere you look into this conference, all the executive teams of all companies, it's clear to them as well, is our shareholders are demanding that we drive the sustainability revolution. If not us, then who? We're contributing the most to, you know, global warming, to carbon footprint. So it's really, it may have been arguably a problem that they or we have created, again, arguably. Uh, but it, I think the key takeaway is it's a problem that's within our reach to solve or at least help solve within our control as an industry. And I think that's what's important. I think it's what we're all realizing. And, you know, you can go talk to somebody who's got operations in the Permian and, and they have some low-hanging fruit that they can implement, you know, very soon. And, and they're thinking of doing that or they have already taken steps to do that. There's others that are longer term. And at the end of the day, you know, I, part of what I do at, at Siemens Energy is I look over the carbon capture sequestration utilization market. And there are, you know, these plots of different technologies. There are higher costs per ton of CO2 captured and there are lower. And so some of the first meetings we had, the, the argument was made, okay, so these lower cost industries, they will go first, right? And I said, no, they're all going to go at the same time because the cement industry doesn't care that uh, gas processing has a lower cost to capture carbon. It's still their responsibility to capture their own carbon, regardless that somebody else can capture their carbon for a lower cost. So it's a trend that we're going to continue to see, you know, cement production, uh, steel production, uh, certainly oil and gas, fertilizers, uh, chemicals, everybody has their own responsibility. And I think that's what's important is we need to stop looking at what the neighbor's doing. We need to focus on our own house and, and show the leadership of what can be accomplished. And I think at that seems Energy is doing a very good job. That's great. Uh, any other final thoughts that you'd like to share? No, you know, on the topic of, of leadership and uh, generational change, I, I've always been... As a younger professional, I've always been more aggressive in my ambitions. And as I continue to grow and, and gain more experience, I'm gaining so much more appreciation for the older professionals because they rely so heavily on experience. And when I was younger, I didn't have any experience. So I always, you know, questioned it in terms of, I don't know how relevant it is. I think I can do better just applying my brains and what I know, you know? And uh, if this has showed me something is, you know, our teams, our executives and, and their equivalents, they've been through so many of these cycles. They have a longer trend of the history of our industry. And I think that helps frame what's possible within the next decade, two decades, three decades. And so, Frankly, it's been a very enriching experience to listen to them, how they see things and how they go about implementing those things and communicating it to others. You know, if, if it were just the young guys would say, oh, we can get it done by 2030 and more likely than not, we would fail. 
because we don't have that history. We don't have that experience of knowing what it takes to drive change. Mm -hmm. They know, right? They went through changing to personal computers, which to us is kind of, it, it's always been there, but for them it wasn't. And it was a big disruption, email and, and so on. So I think I, I take it from them that they've done their homework, they're very well prepared, and that they're setting realistic goals. Uh, again, not easy goals, but realistic goals that the next generation will be able to accomplish if we continue to apply ourselves and do the best that we do uh, at, at our jobs. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at Siemens-Energy.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Energy is providing this podcast as a public service. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Siemens Energy. The views expressed by guests and hosts are their own, and their appearances on this program do not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Siemens Energy employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of Siemens Energy or any of its officials.